Hello and welcome to the Smart Witch Podcast. Today we are going to talk about the solar eclipse slash new moon in Cancer, which is happening on June 21st, which is basically the summer solstice. Technically the summer solstice falls on Saturday this year, June 20th. And that's because um, a lot of people don't know this, but the summer solstice is actually marked by the entrance of the sun into Cancer. And so whenever that happens is officially when the uh, summer solstice is. And that happens always around June 21st, but not necessarily down to the day. Sometimes it happens as early as like June 19th, and sometimes it can happen as late as like the 22nd or even the 23rd. Um, and so this year it's happening on the 20, 20th. And so the 21st is when we have our new moon solar eclipse, but it's still very close. Obviously, it's basically within like the 24-hour window depending obviously on where you are in the world. And so it's going to be an especially powerful event, which of course all solar eclipses already are very powerful. But the fact that this one is happening at the same time as a sacred day on the wheel of the year is just next level. So any rituals or spells that you conduct on this particular new moon eclipse will be just so charged up. And I really recommend taking advantage of this magical moment if you are a spellcaster of any kind. Now, um, let's start at the beginning just with what solar eclipse vibes are all about. Because in the last podcast episode we did on eclipses, we talked about the solar, or excuse me, the lunar eclipse that we just had in Sagittarius two weeks ago. And um, we talked a lot about just the overall implications of a lunar eclipse, but solar eclipses are a little bit different. All eclipses are similar, both solar and lunar, in the sense that they serve as basically like a form of astrological acupressure or acupuncture in the sense that just like those healing modalities get stagnant energy flowing in the um, energetic body through the meridians, Eclipses also get stagnant energy flowing in our lives. Anywhere things have been just sort of brewing for a while but haven't really come to a head yet, often they will peak or climax during an eclipse period or they will come to the surface or demand to be addressed. And there's a lot of fear, especially in like kind of pop culture astrology surrounding eclipse periods. And honestly, this stems all the way back to very, very ancient astrology because the ancients were really, really afraid of eclipses. And understandably so, the ancients lived in a very fear-based culture, right? They really were pretty much at the mercy all the time of nature. We essentially are too, but we have quite a bit more um, systems in place that keep us safe from nature in a way that our um, ancestors really didn't. They were basically at the mercy of harsh winters and, you know, hoping that summers were abundant and uh, therefore celestial events that to them seemed unpredictable or weird could be very alarming and seemed like some sort of a bad omen. But now in the modern witch community, we know that eclipses are absolutely nothing to fear. And in fact, these are extremely helpful, just like you would seek out acupuncture or acupressure when you want to get things moving and get things flowing in your life. 
so too can eclipses serve as this really powerful um, catalyst to help you initiate the change in your life that you've been wanting to see for a really long time. Now, just as full and new moon energies are really, really different, so too are lunar and solar eclipses really different. So as we talked about with the lunar eclipse in Sag episode, lunar eclipses always happen on the day of a full moon. The moon has to be full in order for there to be a lunar eclipse, and the moon has to be new in order for there to be a solar eclipse. And so the solar eclipse is always on a new moon, and the lunar eclipse is always on a full moon, and eclipses always come at least in pairs, so um, we'll always experience a lunar and solar eclipse back to back. But this particular eclipse season that we're moving through right now, we're actually moving through three total. So we just had, in early June, the lunar eclipse in Sagittarius, which was extremely powerful, uh, making a really tight square to Mars, which really created this sort of atmosphere of anger and tensions rising to the surface that had literally been brewing for centuries. This was a huge eclipse. And then we've got this solar eclipse coming up this week, which we're going to talk about, obviously, in this episode. And then in two weeks weeks, we have another lunar eclipse, this time in the sign of Capricorn. So that's going to be a really powerful energy as well. So they always do come in sets, which is why we refer often to um, eclipse season. That's always what that refers to, just that um, month to two month block where we're going through eclipse after eclipse. And as I said, in this case, with the summer of 2020, we're in a, in a season where there's three eclipses back to back. So we're in the middle now with this one solar eclipse in Cancer. So um, as I mentioned in the last episode where we talked about the lunar eclipse in Sag, in order to get a really solid sense of how this eclipse is going to affect you at the personal level, you definitely want to consider your own personal natal chart. And so if you've li listened to my episodes before, we talk a lot about natal astrology, and I always recommend consulting astro.com in order to get your information. It's free, and if you have your birth information, including the time and the exact location, you can literally pull up your birth chart in a matter of seconds, which is really exciting and powerful. And so once you have access to your chart, um, it's really kind of easy for you to see how active transits are going to affect you personally in terms of house placement and whatnot. So in order to gain a really solid understanding of what area of life is going to be stimulated by this particular solar eclipse in Cancer, you'll want to look at where zero degrees of Cancer falls in terms of house placement in your natal birth chart. And that's where this particular eclipse is happening at zero degrees Cancer. And so whatever house that's falling in for you is going to be the area of life that is going to sort of come under scrutiny during this time. Now, let's backtrack, though, and talk about what solar eclipses are generally, because we talked in the lunar eclipse episode um, of a couple weeks ago about how lunar eclipses are kind of like full moons, but on steroids. They're much stronger. And during a lunar eclipse, change and energy moving is stimulated by feelings and emotions coming to the surface in a way that is simply not deniable. Uh, we become so attuned to what we've been feeling possibly for a while, that change really is just necessary. We can't avoid how we feel. And so we need to do something about it and make the necessary shifts. Now, with a solar eclipse, it's kind of the opposite. A lot of the times, a solar eclipse will sort of stimulate external change in some significant way. 
And we might not necessarily be stoked about that. Now, we may. I'm not saying that anything bad is going to happen or anything outright unpleasant, but a lot of the times something will happen, some sort of a shift or transformation during the period of a solar eclipse, some sort of a reveal, information will come to light, um, a situation will just suddenly shift in some sort of a significant way. And a lot of the time that cannot necessarily look like a super good thing. Sometimes it can seem like um, something that is you know, a little bit ungrounding because obviously sudden change can be tricky, especially just for the ego. Um, but always solar eclipses, regardless of whether or not they are pleasant in the moment, which often they are, as I said, I'm not trying to suggest that they always bring about change. That's like a tower moment, um, to use a tarot reference where it's kind of like shattering and upsetting. That's definitely not how it always or even usually comes. Sometimes it really is welcomed, but it definitely just brings about like shifts happening externally rather than like emotions coming to the surface. A lot of the times a solar eclipse will actually encourage physical change in the real world that is ultimately in alignment with something that you really do want. So for example, maybe a relationship will come to an end that maybe is upsetting in the moment. Maybe, you know, you were kind of hoping that this relationship was going to work, even if you've kind of known for a while that it's not really going in the direction that you hoped it would. But then in doing so, you create space and maybe in three weeks, you end up on a first date with the most incredible person that you've ever met. So always with a solar eclipse, even if a situation is bittersweet, like losing a job or um, losing a relationship, which, you know, on the surface is definitely painful, to say the least, there's always going to be some sort of alignment that if it's not even apparent right away, it will become so later. And so really, it can be so many different things. Um, there's really no telling. And this particular eclipse isn't making a lot of really strong aspects, so it's kind of hard to uh, gain a sense of the overall tone. But we are going to talk about the fact that this is a solar eclipse that's happening in the sign of Cancer. So even though you are going to want to consider your own personal natal birth chart to understand how this particular eclipse is likely to integrate um, itself into your life, we can still consider just this eclipse through the energy of cancer, which is how it's going to affect us all collectively. So first of all, this is also just a new moon. And so when we think about new moons, we know that this is a really powerful moment on the lunar uh, calendar. This is the time to set intentions. This is the time to initiate new beginnings. It's the beginning of a moon cycle, which we consider to be the four-week period following a new moon. And so it's a really powerful time to work any and all spell work, or if you're not necessarily an active witch or magical person who casts spells, it's just a good time to get your affairs in order for the month. It's a good time to make lists. It's a good time to set goals or intentions, which are similar, although not entirely the same. It's just a really good time to set up your month. And so this is the new moon in Cancer. And so we can still think of it that way. Now, there is actually some debate about this in the Wiccan community because some witches don't believe that we should work magic on the eclipses. And I actually kind of fall somewhere in the middle on this because with lunar eclipses, 
I will do some sort of a celebratory ritual to honor the event, but I don't necessarily cast spells as much on the lunar eclipse. And that's not to say that I'm vehemently against it or I think that it's a bad idea or that I would never do that because I don't think that that's the case. But I think more of the point is just that eclipses are so intense that the emphasis during these times really should just be on taking care of yourself and feeling the emotions as they come, especially in the case of a lunar eclipse where there are a lot of feelings flowing in. And so rather than focusing on creating anything or putting anything out, it's really just sort of almost more in your favor to retire the wand and just really take care of yourself, journal, drink lots of water, get lots of rest, spend time with your people, uh, whatever it is that you need to do. But for solar eclipses, which happen on the new moon, um, I do feel like they really can just be treated as sort of a regular new moon in the sense that it's still a really powerful time to make wishes, set intentions, and work any sort of attraction, creation, magic. That's just my personal belief. You may disagree. That's totally fine. Um, obviously, if that doesn't feel in alignment for you, then don't do it. But I'm just telling you that for me, um, I like to work magic on especially the solar eclipses, and I don't feel that that's something that's energetically draining for me. But obviously, you know, please take what what works for you that I suggest and throw the rest away. Always, that's the case in this podcast. I always just want you to go with what feels right for you. But that's just something to think about. And that's a good thing to consider, too, if you are a magical person, especially if you're new to spell casting and, and conducting uh, monthly rituals, whether or not eclipse magic is something that you um, like or whether or not these periods are just a little bit too high energy for you and you would rather just sort of sit them out. And everyone's different when it comes to that. But for the solar eclipse, I do believe that this is still really powerful. So um, just considering that this is the new moon in Cancer, we're entering into the Cancer lunation now for the next four weeks. So we've been in the Gemini moon cycle, which has been really, really powerful. It's been kind of a really social vibe. We've been honing our people skills and really thinking about how we move around in the world. And the Cancer moon cycle is completely a different vibe. We sort of retire back to the domestic space during the Cancer moon cycle. We think about themes such as comfort and familiarity and how we nurture ourselves. We also think about um, not so much just our contacts and the people that we know and the social circles that we may run with and the people that we may grab casual drinks with, but we really think about our ride or dies. We think about our family members. We think about our childhood friends or the friends that have really been with us for a long time through you know some of our darkest moments. And we really just think about the people that have seen our most intimate parts. Um, I really actually mean that emotionally, but I guess physically too. We just think about people that we have a really intimate relationship with that make us feel really safe. We think about people that we consider to be our family, regardless of whether or not they may share our blood. And so um, this is a really powerful time to work any sort of magic around easing familial tensions and just bringing about um, harmony in the family unit and just alleviating any discord, whether that is a really tense relationship that you've had with your parents for your entire life, or maybe just your teenager is just in a tricky phase of life and you haven't been getting along with them as much as you normally do. This is a really powerful new moon to set intentions or work magic and conduct spell work around lifting some of that tension and easing some of that discord and bringing in harmony and open connection. 
This is also a really good time too to literally pay attention to your home and your domestic space, your physical house, wherever that is, and to show that some love. This is a really good time to do an elaborate house blessing ritual. Um, and there's lots of different fun ways that you can do that. You can smudge using your tool of choice. I like to use white sage. I also really like Palo Santo. Um, some people really like to use sweet grass. Um, everyone's different with what they like to use for smudging. Some people don't like smoke, and if that's you, then there are actually a lot of really good smudge sprays that are available online. Sun's Eye makes a really good smudge spray, which I use for my car because I don't like my car to smell like smoke. Um, so I leave that in my car at all times, and I use that to smudge my car. Um, and then there's obviously other ways too. You can burn incense and just sort of carry the incense room to room. You can either buy or make your own house blessing oil blend and you can anoint all of the doors, windows, and mirrors, the four corners um, of all of those, the, all the doors, windows, and mirrors of your home uh, with that oil, which is what I recommend doing. Or you can even just take a washcloth and sort of wipe down the walls of your home, the windows, the glass, um, anything glass in your house. And just so it really absorbs the scent and the energy of the oil blend. You could diffuse the oil blend in every room of your home. There's so many different ways to, to cleanse and bless your home. And at the end of your ritual, whatever you do choose to do for your house blessing, um, it is traditional to open the door at the end and sort of like, whether verbally or just in your mind, picture or demand that any stuck or stagnant energies or just low vibrational energies that might still be hanging out in the space, take that opportunity to find their way out. That's a really powerful way to conclude that ritual. And this is also a really good time to not necessarily just do the like house witchery, aspect of uh, cleansing, but this is just a really good time to do a thorough clean of your space if you haven't done that in a while. Anything that will make your home feel homier to you and feel more like a sanctuary. And that's really a major intention to set on the new moon in Cancer. You really just want to make sure that you spend this next four weeks tending to your space, tending to your nest, and making sure that it is as much as it possibly can be a place where you just feel shined up and polished when you, when you walk in and when you leave it. It is a place where you can really recharge and rest and rejuvenate and feel inspired and feel creative and feel sexual and feel alive and all the things that you want to feel. And so for some people, that could be a really thorough clean. For some people, it could be buying more beautiful artwork and hanging it on the wall. Although do remember that we are still in Venus retrograde too, which is a little bit of a tricky energy for doing um, too many like home renovation projects, especially if they tend to get really expensive or just really drastic to the point where they would be difficult to reverse. Now, I like to live on the edge. I know my sister just moved into a new apartment and she just painted the bedroom during Venus Retro and she loves the color. So you know by now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, that I really don't subscribe to the old school astrology warnings about anything, including eclipses and including retrogrades. And I think that obviously it's never a bad idea to be cautious with something like a home renovation project or painting all of your walls a different color or buying really expensive artwork. Like, obviously, it's never bad advice to say use your judgment on that kind of thing. But I don't think that because it's Venus retrograde, your judgment is going to necessarily be off. So keep that in mind that it is Venus retro, but the good news is that we're really coming to the end. Venus officially stations direct on June 25th. So... 
we're really shifting out of that. It's literally just going to be for the first couple days of um, the Cancer Moon cycle that we'll be experiencing the vibes of Venus retro. And then after that, I feel like, you know, that energy will pretty quickly start to dissipate. So just basically put lots of energy into your home. Maybe you want to buy more plants. Maybe that's something that would just make you feel much better in your space if you had more more life and more greenery. Um, maybe you want to erect an altar in your home. Maybe you don't have one and you're just really feeling like you want to create that sacred space somewhere in your home where you can go to do your journaling or set your intentions or do prayer or meditation or uh, maybe you want to start conducting spells and, and learning about how to engage in formal ritual. So that would be a really fun thing to do. Um, so yeah, these are just all ideas, but really whatever it is for you stocking the fridge that to me makes me feel like so good. There's nothing that I love more than just having a fully equipped kitchen with all of my favorite snacks, tons of clean, cold bottled water, like all my favorite juices, all my basic like fresh herbs and things that I know that I'll use to cook basically anything. I just love having a fully stocked fridge. That just makes me feel so comfy in my house. It's one of my favorite things. So really, whatever it is for you, just think about that and just make sure that you spend the next four weeks really honoring yourself through wherever you're living right now. And now even if your living situation isn't necessarily ideal, maybe you're shacking up with a parent right now, maybe you are sleeping on a friend's couch, Obviously, I hope that's not your situation. I hope that you do have a space that you can call your own that really feels like you. But if your living situation is maybe you're not like totally grounded right now, maybe you're kind of in an in-between phase with your living situation, you can still apply this. You can still find ways to create a, some sort of a physical or energetic space in even in these situations where you can really feel like you can rest, recharge, and get deep more deeply in touch with yourself and your best self when you're there. And that's really the most powerful spell work, I think, to work during this time. And now this is also a really powerful uh, time to conduct spell work around any sort of an emotional healing because cancer is really strong water energy. Um, this is really a very emotional sign in a way that Gemini just isn't. We talk a lot about connections and relationships with Gemini. It is one of the most relational signs of the Zodiac, but it's all about the surface level engagement. It's all about the chatting and the asking questions and the getting to know people and the having the right number to call for any specific thing that might come up. But cancer is all about the deeper connection, being seen for who you really are, for your entirety, every aspect of you. And so this is a really powerful time to conduct rituals or spells to call in people like that into your life, whether that is platonic friendships that you want more of that just really see you and honor you even for your more shadowy aspects or romantic relationships that really just feel comfortable and safe and secure and like your family where it's not gamey and it's not, you know, where you're necessarily getting the stomach flip. It's just really calm and loving and you just take care of each other. And then, as I said, this is a really good time, too, to focus on your actual family unit and restoring harmony there if that's something that's been lacking. Or maybe, you know, you've been on the outs with, with one or both parents or a sibling for a really long time, and this is a powerful opportunity to make amends or do whatever you need to do to clean up that relationship if that's something that you're interested in. Now, this is a really good time, regardless of your family situation, to get in touch with your own inner nurturer and your own inner mother 
and specifically to think about all of the ways that you make yourself feel nurtured and comfortable in your life and what does make you feel nurtured and comfortable. And we talked about this a little bit way back during episode one of this podcast when we talked about the new moon in Taurus because in some ways um, the themes of Taurus and Cancer are kind of similar in that they're both about comfort. But the main difference is just that Taurus is kind of root chakra based. It's all about our base instincts and our actual survival, our physical safety, our physical health, our physical comfort and sensory pleasure. Whereas cancer is much, it's a water sign, so it's much more emotionally based. It's about what makes us feel emotionally safe, emotionally secure, emotionally protected and emotionally loved. And for that, we can really think about childhood. If you follow or rather subscribe to my weekly newsletter, um, at the time of my recording for this week, we pulled the Six of Cups for our card for the week. And that feels so Mercury retro in Cancer. And it's also really, really fitting for the solar eclipse new moon in Cancer because Six of Cups is all about childhood. And thinking back to who we were when we were a child, what we liked, what made us feel comfortable, because really we're just kids in adult clothing. Like we're still who we were when we were when we were young and we still like the same things, we still have the same needs. We're basically just we look like adults, but we have the same sensitivities, we have the same uh fears that inner child is still there and it still needs the same amount of nurturing that it did when you were young. And so that's something to think about during the Cancer Moon Cycle. And I really invite you to think about the things that did make you feel safe, the things that made you feel joyful, um, just to give you a couple examples. And I'm a Cancer Moon, by the way. So this is something I'm really thinking about all the time, like for every moon cycle, I'm just very aware of what makes me feel good and safe and protected and nurtured emotionally. And I try to always be giving that to myself. So for me, I love blankets. Like that's, and that's actually very typical of Cancer moons, by the way, we love layers. We love like sweatshirts. We love um, uh, shawls. We love jackets and coats and blankets. Anything that makes us feel physically covered is very emotionally like pleasant for a Cancer. Uh, cancer anything, but especially I would say a cancer moon. And so I love blankets. So even during the summertime, like usually I'll just have like a light blanket on if I'm just chilling on the couch because it makes me feel really comfortable. And when I was a little girl, like literally probably three or four years old, my grandmother and my mother um, both knew that one of my favorite things in the world was when I was like sitting on the on the floor watching TV. I would love when they would take a blanket and wrap it around me and like really tuck me in inside of the blanket. And I would literally call it my nest. And they would like ask me, do you want your nest? Like, do you want to be nested? They'd be like, yeah, I want my nest. And they would literally wrap me in the blanket and like kind of tuck me in. And then they would bring me like snacks and like put that in the nest. And I literally would think of myself as being a bird in my nest with all of my like snacks, my water or juice, whatever. And anything else just like in my nest that would make me feel safe and joyful in that moment, which literally I always look back on that and laugh because now that I'm an astrologer, I know that there's nothing more cancer moon than that. And so as an adult, I know that that's still my favorite thing. I like to be in a position at all times where I have all my favorite things close to me physically. So like I like to always have my favorite snacks nearby, as I just said. Now that I'm a grown woman with my own living space, I like to have a full fridge that is fully equipped with all the food and like drink items I may need at any given time. 
I like to have um, bottled water close to me at pretty much all times. I like to have tissues, and I have a box of tissues in every room because I have really bad allergies pretty much all year round. So I just like to always know that my tissue box is like always a couple feet away. I like to have, um, as I said, a blanket around me at all times. And so just thinking about like the things that when they're physically around you make you feel good. And not even just that, but also the activities that make you feel good. Like for me, one of my favorite things that makes me feel nurtured, one of my favorite activities is to prepare myself a delicious, healthy meal and then eat that meal. That just makes me feel like I'm really taking care of myself and I'm not even necessarily a cook. I don't enjoy cooking the way that some people do. I don't like to create recipes or anything like that. That's not something that I'm passionate about. It's really just that I think the act of preparing myself a meal, especially if it's like something really satisfying like pasta, something that just always hits the spot. And then sitting down to enjoy that meal, it just feels like I'm really being my own mother in that moment, that I'm really like taking care of myself. But this is really what you want to think about over the course of the next four weeks. And this is a really good thing to journal on too, is how you can really nail being your own mother and really getting in touch with that inner mother archetype. And maybe this is just by asking yourself more often, what do I need in this moment? What would feel good for me in this moment? And sometimes the answer to that question might be shocking. Maybe what would feel good for you is yogurt. Like you really want to eat some yogurt right now. Or maybe you realize that you're really thirsty and you haven't had a drink of water yet today. Or maybe you realize that what would feel really good would be to get on the floor and do some stretching because you haven't moved your body in a while. Like, you know, so many different things could come up, but a lot of the time we don't actually take the time to ask ourselves that question and wait for the response. And if you, like me, have a lot of cancer in your chart, especially as one of your big three, then you probably are a little bit better than most at consciously thinking about this and asking yourself this question on pretty much a daily basis. You're always interested in finding out what your needs are and meeting those needs, and that's a really big part of uh, cancer season and the cancer moon cycle. We can all cultivate a greater and more successful relationship to our inner nurturer in such a way that we're really mommying ourselves and we're really taking care of ourselves and making ourselves comfortable And by the way, when we do this, when we take responsibility for meeting our own emotional needs, our relationships from our romantic ones to our platonic ones to our relationship to our family, they get so much better because we're not going to those relationships from a place of feeling deprived. We're not approaching them from a place of being really emotionally needy and having all these unmet conditions and wanting this other person to be our caretaker. When we enter into a relationship of any sort already as our own caretaker, it ends up being such a healthier dynamic. And so I really invite you to to hone those skills over the course of the next four weeks and really get conscious about how you can more effectively mommy yourself and just take your own safety and comfort into your own hands. Now, the other thing that's really important to think about during the Cancer Moon Cycle, and possibly journal on, if you're willing, or even just look into it, think about it, meditate on it, is how you make yourself feel comfortable if there might be any ways that are not necessarily in alignment with your long-term goals and long-term satisfaction. And again, we talked about this a little bit with the very first episode that I did on the Taurus new moon, because again, there's kind of some overlap there. 
And a lot of the times, and again, I talked about this in my newsletter for this week, so please feel free to check that out if you haven't already with the Six of Cups. We talked about the fact that familiar isn't always good. Now, it's not bad, not by any means, but it's not always good. And so, and we know this when we think, especially I think about relationships or situations that maybe suck fundamentally, but if there's a familiarity to them, if there's a pattern that we recognize, we might tend to find some joy in that, even if, again, the situation or relationship is inherently not joyful. If it's familiar, if it's predictable, if it feels like a pattern that we just know, then that alone can be enough sometimes to make us put up with some real bullshit, some real bullshit. And this is especially true if you do have a lot of Taurus and or Cancer in your chart. And I know I personally have stayed in relationships and situations way too long, purely because even though I literally knew the situation sucked at the time, I still just felt like, well, at least it's familiar. And so a lot of the times... When we're especially in a situation where there might be a lot of change happening, there might be a lot of um, growth and evolution, we might get a little scared and we might kind of want to revert back to some old habits or old behaviors or even old relationships and old situations that weren't serving just because they're comfortable and familiar. And I don't know if you've ever had that kind of an experience where maybe you were up-leveling so much in your life that you actually kind of self-sabotaged. Maybe you backslid into a shitty relationship only to quickly find out that it was really just no longer a fit and it, you are so evolved now that as little as the relationship worked before, it works even less now because you just see it so clearly for what it is. But that temptation can arise, um, not necessarily now astrologically during this time, but um, in general, anytime we're in a position where we're just doing a lot of grow- growing and evolving and um, changing, transforming, we can sort of, or the inner child can, can panic. And this also really just happens, by the way, not just when we're evolving and when we're doing everything right and we're just expanding as an act of self-sabotage, but sometimes it does happen when the inner child really does just need more nurturing than what it's currently being offered. So that's something to think about too. And what's really important to remember is that there's other ways to meet that need, to bring that feeling of familiarity and comfort into your life if your evolving is just starting to feel a little too rapid for your, for your inner child's comfort. There's lots of ways that you can sort of revert back to comforting old themes, comforting old uh, connections that are really going to produce long-term joy and they're going to feel good in the moment and they're going to feel good later. So you really don't have to backslide into shitty relationships. And I feel like I keep using that as the example, but it also can just be patterns or behaviors or thought processes. A really good example even would be something like drinking. If um, you've in the past drank as a way to sort of self-soothe and maybe that's gotten under control, maybe it's been controlled for a while, but the urge is still going to pop up every now and then. And that's because that's sort of an old way that you would maybe kind of easier appease yourself and, and put yourself at ease, your inner child. And oddly enough, it's, you know, not a joyful thing. It's not something that's going to lead to the results that you want. But because it's a pattern that you know, it feels like in a weird way something that you can control because you know what the outcome is going to be when you drink. You know, and same is true for just sort of re-engaging with connections that weren't joyful. 
even if they're not joyful, you at least know what the outcome is going to be type of thing. And so those are the situations that you want to get more intentional and can get more intentional during the Cancer Moon Cycle about noticing and acknowledging and avoiding. And by the way, there's completely no shame. It's so natural for these things to pop up. And as I said, very often it's a sign actually that you're doing everything right. It's a sign that you're just evolving and up-leveling so quickly that your inner child is getting a little scared, which is very natural. But again, there's so many ways that you can comfort yourself and love yourself and nurture yourself that will kind of just calm that down and soothe that problem that don't involve actually making decisions that are re-engaging with more destructive aspects of your past that you really don't fit into anymore. So these are all things to consider with the new moon in Cancer and just the next four weeks with the Cancer moon cycle. But um, the last thing that I really want to talk about is this particular solar eclipse in Cancer. So I think that we're going to experience a lot of shifts um, in relation to Cancerian themes over the next week. And so these could be sort of more literal physical shifts in family dynamics, in uh, your experience of your home somehow, but it could also very much be internal. You might just experience a shift in the way that you think about the concept of home and what home means to you. And again, this is a really good question actually to journal on. What does home mean to you? What does family mean to you? These are really powerful questions. And I think, again, that with just the solar eclipse bringing the energy of transformation and change and energy sort of coming to, um, coming to a head, I think we're going to experience um, a lot of changes happening in this area. So these are all things to, to think about. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I feel like this ended up being kind of a shorter episode, but I feel like I've pretty much said everything I wanted to say. So um, thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you really enjoy the energy of this new moon, solar eclipse, and cancer. Please don't be freaked out. It's totally nothing to be freaked out about. It's actually a really exciting opportunity, as you know, hopefully from this episode, to work some magic, to set some intentions, to anticipate some fun and exciting change, which will only make your life that much better. So you have every reason to be stoked. And thank you again for listening. I love you so much. Before I let you go, I just want to encourage you to subscribe to my weekly newsletter. Um, We basically just do um, a card poll every single week. We talk about the astrology of the week. I muse on some other current events and magical uh, concepts. And then we wrap it up with a gratitude list, which I always publish with the hopes of inspiring you to create your own gratitude list every week. So it's a really good place to be. So you can um, subscribe. I'm going to leave the link to do that down below in the description of this episode. And then also I want to encourage you to send me your questions to the smartwitchpodcast at gmail.com. I'm always taking questions for the Ask a Witch episodes that I've been doing and I'm always getting really good questions. So it's really been a lot of fun for me to consider them. So I'm taking all questions related to crystals, crystal healing, magic, manifesting, witchcraft, lifestyle. Um, I'm taking questions on astrology, tarot, tapping, uh, energy healing and energy work, literally anything pretty much that has anything to do with Uh, the metaphysical space, I feel like I could probably talk about with some level of confidence and authority. So shoot me your question. And even if I can't answer it, I can probably still direct you to someone that can probably assist. So try me. 
and I may answer your question on the podcast, which is very exciting. So thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have a fantastic eclipse and take care of yourself. Obviously, that's really important. Drink lots of water, get lots of rest, take your vitamins, all of that stuff. And I will talk to you very soon.